want to learn how to become a millionaire? Are you committed to having financial freedom? To learn the secrets to building and managing a million dollar business, whatever it takes? Because today the opportunities are greater than ever to achieve your goals. Welcome to How to Be a Millionaire. In this show, we are on a mission to educate and empower a thousand new millionaires over the next 10 years through our nonprofit foundation at millionairestraining.org and through our fast track implementation programs at millionairesacademy.com. I'm your host, Sydney O'Sullivan. Some call me the Millionaire's Mentor because I've been building million dollar businesses for over 20 years. And in this show, I interview other millionaires in my network and get them sharing their best advice to create your big vision, discover your life purpose and legacy, build your dream team, develop a millionaire mindset, scale your business, invest for success, and manage and share your wealth and prosperity over the long term. I hope you enjoy the show. Well, hello everyone, it's Sydney Sullivan and welcome back to Millionaires Academy. Today my guest is a money expert and not just about any kind of money, but it's actually about your relationship with money, which is much, much more interesting. My guest is Sarah McCrum. Thank you, Sarah, for being here with us today. Thank you so much, Sydney. She's joining us from Australia. She lives up on the beautiful Sunshine Coast. And she was telling me that she just bought a farm and became a, what would you call it, a landholder or a, but, but basically. Something, a more, probably more of a caretaker or a guardian of the land because I'm kind of very aware that I don't really own a lot of what, what lives here because it can go wherever it likes. Do you have animals? And you said you had vegetables and stuff. We, 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 at the moment, we just have land and a little vegetable garden. Um, and uh, we, but we will be, it'll be more trees and trees and plants, not animals so much. Oh, it's beautiful up there. Um, I was living up there for a while. I was living on the Gold Coast and they had the most spectacular countryside and beaches. And But you're from England originally from your accent, are you? Yeah, I am originally there. And then I spent a lot of time in New Zealand and then shifted over to Australia. Uh, yeah, like me, I immigrated to Australia from America and then uh, just come back to America. So, Sarah, how did you become such an expert on the human relationship with money? I think I became that by mistake, which probably wasn't a mistake at all, really, um, because I grew up in a classic English middle class home where we didn't talk about money. We really ignored it. And actually, funnily enough, we used to pretend shoot and kill what we deemed to be business owners when I was young. So I thought that was a great start in my life to really put me off anything that was about business. And I think I carried that for a long time. But actually what happened was 10 years ago to this month, um, I had had a business failure. I was running a business in London. We were bringing energy, knowledge about energy to the bankers and all the kind of corporate people in the city of London. And when the last recession hit, they completely stopped buying anything. Literally overnight, we lost more than 90% of our business. And we staggered on for a couple of years and then basically failed miserably to pay the rent and things like that. So it was a very difficult time. And I was given a little book at that time called How to Become a Money Magnet. And it had exercises at the end of the chapters. And one of them said, what would money like to say to you? 
And so I was journaling and I started writing in my notebook and my pen kind of took over from me and it started writing for me, literally. Like it was, I did not, it, I was not writing my own words. And the first thing that came out was, it said, I would like to tell you to love me. And then it went on and it said all these things like, you know, I'm, I'm energy and I'm beautiful and I'm not the devil and I never have been and I'm always here, I'm always available and I'm here to help human beings and I connect you all together in your creativity and you're way too afraid of me and like just get less rigid, less afraid, take me. It literally said the words, take me, don't be afraid, just take me, I will love you. That's what it ended with. And it was... It, I mean, it was kind of a shock in a way because I'd never associated money with love and it was so touching and so beautiful. And so the next day I thought, well, I'll have another go. And I wrote another message from money. And then I kind of did that every day for a few months and I ended up with more than 60 of these kind of messages from money, which was like money talking to me about what it is, about how we've all misunderstood it basically, but especially it was how we can do business and how, how we can relate with money in a way that is good for us, good for our health and well-being, good for all the things that we care about. So we don't have to have this kind of sacrifice approach to money where we sacrifice so much just for the sake of getting the numbers. So um, yeah, it, it radically, um, shifted my relationship with money and then I kind of had to relearn how to do things in this new way which is what I've been doing I've been doing and I've been teaching it ever since then ever since about 2012 actually that's about the same time I started Millionaires Academy it was 2012 so this is kind of like in the, the right time <laughs> uh, it's like a 10-year reunion I've, I've gone back I'm regenerating it and Funnily enough, I've been doing some interviews with the people. I wrote a book back in 2012 of interviews with millionaires. And uh, I've been going back 10 years later and interviewing some of them again. And it's really fascinating to see how well some of them have gone on from there. Um, and so in your experience over the last 10 years, what difference has it made in your life specifically? And then like how, what kind of results are you seeing with all these thousands of people that are coming through your programs now? Um, so the difference that it's made to me, um, I think the biggest difference actually was a real surprise. I discovered uh, something that had been very elusive to me, which was the experience of joy. I could enjoy myself, but that experience of joy and linking that with things like beauty um, that means a lot to me and I found that through teaching people about money. That sounds really strange, but I think that the message of the book and so the, the ethos, the whole philosophy of what I'm sharing is so beautiful and it's so uh, generous and loving. It's so different from how we normally think about money and so when I get into that mode, I, I actually feel so good and I would never have expected that. Now, I, I can't say that I feel like that all the time because I, I, I'm, I feel like I'm a bit of a, I'm really a student of what I wrote and of what I'm learning. Um, and so there's always more for me to learn and that's always going to be true. I mean, that's true for us anyway in our relationship with money and our relationship with life. So, you know, I don't think it's something where you make it or you get there. 
But that, that really surprised me. And I think that's what I, the thing that I see in the people who I teach is um, that they talk about peace. They talk about the fact that they don't worry about money anymore. And some of them have very little money. Some of them have lost their business or lost their job. Some of them have a business and lots of people this year, you know, it's not necessarily an easy situation for them. So I think to experience peace in that situation where most people are really freaking out and getting very, very anxious, to see, for people to see, sometimes it affects their family because they're happier and more relaxed in their business, in their relationship with money, it affects the whole family. And that's, um, I think that's what gives me real pleasure is to see how it's, it's a richer experience of life is what we're really creating. That's what actually the book is all about. And that's what I see people having. And money, the money follows that. And sometimes when money's difficult, which it is, if you still are having a rich experience of life, you handle the difficulties and you figure out what you need to do to make it work well again. Oh, that's beautiful. I got goosebumps when you were talking about your, you know, your journaling and what came out for you. So tell us about the book. So what, how, how did it all happen? You, you started journaling and what were you doing before that when you were working with the bankers? What were you, you were doing some kind um, of energy? Yeah, we, 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 I started a business in 2000 that was called originally the Energy Bank. Um, we actually got into trouble calling it the energy bank because the financial services authority in the UK didn't like us using the word bank and I had to put it in inverted commas. So we got, we got a bit of attention, but actually our purpose, I'd been training with Chinese master. Um, I was training with a Chinese master, did that for a long time, 22 years in total. And at some point during that decided to start this business in London to supply energy, literally to very, very, very busy, stressed people who happened to be a lot of bankers and a lot of kind of corporate and insurance, financial services people in that particular area of London. And it was a huge, beautiful premises. The kind of thing that, you know, most people who were doing energy work were in grotty little upstairs rooms, you know, with creaky floors. And we had this huge feng shui corporate looking space, but and it, was, it was amazing, um, put together by a very young architect. And so, um, and then we sold these energy services and we also sold our Chinese master her services, which um, attracted quite a lot of money. So actually, I think, I'm not sure, but I think we probably made a million pounds in our first year. I have to say that we spent, I'm sure we spent a million pounds as well. We spent a lot just building the place, but you know, that's fine. So um, it, it is easy to spend the money, like making it is one thing, Actually, the, the, I think when you're growing a business, when you're starting a business, you you spend a lot of money initially uh, as you're making it. And then of course the mastery comes in with getting that consistent cash coming in and then getting your overheads down, right? So that you're keeping more of it. That's that's kind of the, that's the scale process. So yeah. yeah okay. And you know, there's a lot that I'm learning. Um, I made a lot of money last year. I had a really good partnership and I had, one of those experiences that I actually never really expected of just emails pouring in with sales. You know, for six months, it was like that all day, every day. And then that actually fell apart rather suddenly, which was a pity. But, but what was really good for me in that was that I then decided that instead of selling just kind of like myself, I, I decided to create essentially an asset to create a really high quality product that would go on selling for years. So I've spent a lot of time this year, it was perfect timing because that fell apart just before COVID. And so I had a kind of double whammy in a way of um, 
you know, two things changing my business environment very, very suddenly. But I'm actually so happy that I was pushed to do that because if I had been making the money that I should have been, according, you know, that if if that partnership had continued and that we did the courses we had already promised, I wouldn't have done all the things I've done. So although it was tough at the time to, I, I was like losing everything in a way, it actually caused me to make some really, really good decisions. And I'm extremely happy because I know now that I'm sitting on something that I can grow. Um, whereas before it was just me, it was just me. And that is a dangerous, dangerous situation to be in. As I found a few years ago when I, I had, I got diagnosed with breast cancer and I had to suddenly go in for surgery. I had a mm. bath and they were like, there's no mucking around. We got to get, you know, you got to win. I think I was diagnosed Thursday, surgery on Tuesday. And that's when you realize that you need to have more automation in place. Your business needs to be independent of you, whether you want to work in it or not, right? Because yes. things that can happen and uh, you, you don't want to ever have to deal with that kind of crisis, right? So, yes. um, and I feel that's what yeah. I'm building at the moment. I'm probably 80% in that. And I'm still, there are pieces that I'm working out to get it fully working. But that's, you know, that's what we show up for in business, isn't it? Is finding out, you know, finding out what works and then finding out what doesn't work and then fixing it. And so um, it's been very creative this year as a result of that. And me too, I've been going through a very similar process. Isn't that funny? So um, Sarah and I met in a joint venture network and I said, oh, look, I'm, I'm teaching people how to become millionaires and you teach people how to manage money and you know how to attract it and magnetize it and heal their relationship. Because it's interesting that you, your story of growing up as you did I hear this a lot. Many, many of the millionaires that I interview say that they grew up with a very toxic household environment when they were young, um, where they thought, you know, rich people were, were frauds or crooks or bad, you know, in yeah. some way. And that goes in as a really deep psychological mindset, doesn't it? It's, it's embedded when we're very young. Oh, yeah. And it's embedded in our most vulnerable places, I think, because a lot of it's come from religion and spirituality. So our connection in our mind, whether you're religious or not, I think, is somewhere that, you know, good people probably don't do business because they might not go to heaven. And therefore, if you do business, you're probably somewhere compromising your virtue and you're a bad person. It's not as blunt as that but underneath the surface I think it is you know it doesn't matter whether it's eastern or western philosophy in the east you have monks with begging bowls and people in caves and none of them touching money except all the monasteries make money all the churches make money all the religious institutions make loads of money so I think that we have this very deep deep fear around is it okay to make money can I be a good human being which you know, most of us really fundamentally would like to be good. Um, can I be a good human being and make money? And I, my sense is that probably most people don't really ever answer the question. They just stuff it away and they either try to be good. I meet a lot of spiritual people who are terrified of asking for money. And then I meet business people who make money you know, fulfill their sense of responsibility to their family and achieve their ambitions and feel somewhere underneath that maybe it's wrong. Maybe that they, they, it's like they literally believe they're taking away from other people, even though they know perfectly well that they're creating wealth for other people. It's like so mad and so confused underneath that I think that that's what we're really dealing with. That's very, that's very insightful. Thank you. And so tell me, so you started journaling and then what, how did that turn into a book? 
<laughs> I, honestly, Sydney, I'm a com completely the non-story <laughs> for that. I started journaling. I, I, I did it for, you know, three months and probably about three quarters of the way th through that, I kind of twigged that, oh, maybe this isn't just for you, Sarah. This is, you know, other people would turn this into a book. It kind of dawned on me like that. I didn't think, oh, I'm writing a book. I'm going to share this with the world. It was just something I did every day. I wasn't making any money at the time. I was working for my Chinese master and we had a, a let's say, a kind of you give service and you receive learning. So there was no money. So I was very, very switched off from money at the time. And then I had all the things in buckets and spades of people who um, tried to do that. First of all, my teacher didn't want me to publish the book because she didn't really want any publicity at the time. So I wrote, I published it under a different name. I called myself Joy Prospero, which is a beautiful name. <laughs> and um, I didn't tell anyone about it. It was the most bizarre thing. The first time I told anyone about it was about nine months later. Can you believe it? I probably had five sales in my first year where I sent a free copy to my very, very closest friends, probably five or six people. And um, yeah, I, I had all, I had everything by that. By that time, I was really messed up in my relationship with money. I think I had a lot of shame, a guilt, confusion. I'd spent my inheritance. I'd inherited probably quite a lot. I don't know how much it was now, but it would have been close to half a million dollars, I would say. And I'd spent it all on training um, and learning, which I don't regret, but um, it, that's just, I, I was in such a mess that I, I didn't know what to do with anything. I was really naive in a way. The book sold slowly and what, this is the most bizarre story, but I arrived in Australia, didn't know a single person in Australia. I had two suitcases, we had two suitcases, my husband and I, two suitcases and a box, that's it, nothing, and one computer. And I had to start a business and be paying my bills within weeks, literally. And I didn't really have any backstop. And I was invited to this women's networking meeting called um, Enlightened Goddesses. It was so much not my territory. I never thought of myself as an enlightened goddess. But anyway, there I was. And I won a prize to a psychic um, consultation. And the psychic discovered I had this book about money. And she said, that's it, Sarah you've got to teach that. And I you know, had no money, I had no credibility, except I knew how to teach people to get what they wanted because of all the training I'd done. So I just started teaching um, a bit about money, more about you know, how to get what you want, energy, a lot about energy and healing and things like that. Found clients wherever I could, um, not, not in a very successful way, but I paid the rent. So you know, I really started from having been the girl who inherited money at the age of 28, I was at four, no, I was more than 40, um, 50 something, <laughs> 50, 50 something, I was the woman who actually um, didn't have anything at all. And I, it was like I had to start all over again. So um, yeah, it's been a, it's been, a, I just have gone back to my book or the messages in my book time and time again, because so many times I was stuck and I didn't know what to do. And all the things they told me in all the courses didn't seem to work for me for some reason. And then I would go back to my book and it would say, relax, love money, money loves you. It's okay, I'm here, I'm always here, you know? And I would say, okay, I, I don't really believe it, but I'm gonna believe it, I'm gonna trust this, and it worked. And 
it grew. Um, my business grew. Our life grew. Continues. So it's an amazing story. Thank you for for being so vulnerable and authentic. Because I don't think a lot of people realize that even I have made many millions in my life, and then I've had horrible things happen where I've lost like enormous amounts at once. You know, and you think, and I can remember where. Um, uh, and because I've, I've had a drive, a drive to earn money all my life. It was just something that I was it's innately in me. And it turns out my father, who had left when I was quite young, he also was a many times over self-made millionaire as, because he would take over rundown companies and um, turn them around. So maybe it was in the DNA. I don't know. But the the thing that I found this was lacking, has been lacking for me and that I'm constantly learning is you you. Well, you're, it's just an education process. It's not like any of us is taught in school how to manage money. And I've met so many people like me that have made it, lost it, made it again. And each time I would think, I don't know if I have it in me because I'm, I'm not young like I was, you know. <laughs> and people would say to me, I remember the first time I had a really, really big, everything had always worked for me. I'd driven until I was successful in everything I tried. And then it, I got into a situation right before in 2007, where I had over leveraged, like a lot of people had. And um, it, the the only thing I could think to do was sell everything so that I could uh, not be bankrupted, right? So I did, I, I went into lockdown mode, sold it all, was very depressed. And I remember finally having to reach out to a whole bunch of my friends and saying, I'm not the rich girl anymore. I feel really, you know, humble, you know, and, and crushed crushed about it you know and they all wrote back and they went girl you're on the entrepreneur's journey like you know <laughs> you, you haven't even been bankrupt yet they were like most entrepreneurs have to go through bankruptcy at least once or twice right because it's you're learning all the time right and you don't get any training unless you know how to meet this is one of the reasons I love this project is I'm surrounding myself with people who've had the experience so they can guide me when I hit when I hit challenges right so you yeah. don't have to figure it out on your own because yeah because that's one of the big things i think that's one of the biggest things i'm always trying to teach people is you can't do it on your own and you can't solve all your own problems and yet we feel so driven to try to do it on our own it's so crazy if you think anyone who's successful their success entirely relies on their ability to get other people to come and help them and yet somehow we still i don't know this this impulse to think that i've i've got to be independent and i've got to do it myself is it comes up so strongly time and time again but I think those days, it never was like that, but it's really, really over. Do you think it's linked to not wanting to admit that we're failing? Like, you know, do you think there's a lot of pressure in our societies to to some always... Some of it. Being, yeah. Yeah, I think some of it's that, because I think when we learned, we learned at school not to fail and not to show that we don't know, which I think... and and. There are legitimate ways of asking for help at school, but you always run the risk if you need help that you're not at the top of the class and you're not one of the good ones. But I think also the whole, actually the American, that American kind of dream that um, that has been so influential across the whole world, and it's not so British or, or Australian, as you will know, to, to make it somehow, like through my own achievement, I can make it. Um, I think that, that there's a sort of, archetype in there that's not terribly accurate because if you make it you also make it with the help of a lot of other people but there's a story there's a hero story in there about you know the immigrant or the poor person or the whatever it is who made it against all odds to this incredible outcome and we love the story 
So I think we've romanticized the story and selected the independent bit, that kind of I'm the hero bit, and forgotten about all the people who helped us along the way. And that's probably one of the things that's really shifting at the moment in our consciousness. Um, and I'll share something else that, um, that came up when I was telling you my story as well, uh, is that all these really, these mentors, I've been very lucky because I've surrounded myself, like you, I've invested a lot in my trainings, right, and in my education. And um, so I had mentors like Mark Victor Hansen and Jack Canfield and Robert Kiyosaki, and those were the people that I was studying with. And when I reached out to them and said, look, I've lost all this money, they all said, don't worry, you made it once, you'll make it again. And I was like, oh, easy for you to say, right? And uh, what I found was that actually I did have an advantage over others because I knew it was possible. In my experience of helping lots and lots of people grow their businesses, I find that they have to overcome this mindset that deep down they don't actually believe they can do it. Yep. Is that one of the things that comes up when you're doing your training? Yes, I, I think um, one thing that happens is when people have been hurt, they often want to stay safe. And so they don't think that they, there's something they want to do, but they don't believe that they can do it um, because they just, they, they don't want to take the risk. It's not, I don't think it's even the risk of failure. It's a risk of some kind of pain, some kind of inner pain that they maybe can't even put a name to. It's just like, I just don't want to go there. I'd rather just, just like, let's keep things nice. So I think there's that, but definitely just the, I, I've never done it before. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what it feels like. We can talk about, you know, like people teach, oh yeah, imagine what it's like to make a million dollars and feel the energy, but actually it's not, nothing is anything like what we imagine. So <laughs> I think whatever people imagine has practically nothing to do with the experience that they're actually trying to create. So yeah, we. it seems like we really need to be able to handle a lot of I don't know exactly, I'm not exactly clear, I, but, but I know the direction and, and I'm willing to have a go. And so it's a very messy experience. And some of it's very ordinary. That's what I find all the time is that people are looking for this kind of very sexy, romantic experience. And the honest truth is, you know, you and I sent emails backwards and forwards to each other. We could be doing our first day of business and sending emails backwards and forwards, or we could be operating at, some huge level and we're doing almost the same activities we just make different decisions yeah so it's actually very inter interesting that um you have chosen to work in a field where um you're dealing with what i say is always the hardest thing to get people to do and that is change and uh, you know <laughs> you're asking them to allow you to help them heal a, a dysfunctional relationship Yep. And in order to do that, they have to actually be willing to do some things a little differently. They have to be willing to step out of their comfort zone and take on another set of beliefs. And how do you help them do that? Well, I think that that's, that's my luck. I have a very gentle way of helping them do that. So it's not as confronting as some methods that I've seen. First of all, I always teach people how to relax. And when people relax, they receive fresh energy. That's my language, you know, I trained with Chinese masters. The thing about receiving fresh energy is you get new ideas, you get new beliefs, and they sort of land in you. You don't have to work at it. And you release old stuff that's not functional anymore. So there's, there's a beauty and an ease in that, that as you relax, 
you let go of things. Now it's not the full story because otherwise we'd just relax with our eyes closed all day and money would come pouring through the ceiling and of course it doesn't. I think the challenge, um, generally the challenge for most people who I work with, um, not all of them, but for a lot of them is being willing to be in business. It's like people want to make money without doing business. That's uh, it's like crazy thinking. That's what I see a lot of. And the, for the people who are totally in business and making it and very successful is being willing to relax at all. Being willing to admit that killing yourself or wanting to kill yourself, which you know a lot of people get very depressed at a certain stage in business. You've obviously experienced that. And I was talking to somebody a little bit earlier today who was a financial advisor for 40 years, got very depressed after the, the um, 2008. Um, lost a lot. Um, so there can be people who are making it and then they, they feel depressed. For them to realize that doing more of what they're already doing is not going to get them a better solution. So we come back to the change thing. For some it's like, yeah, I can give you lots of beautiful relaxation and stuff and new energy. You still need to admit that you're in business. And for the others it's, Yes, you're in business, you're doing great, but you still need to admit that your life is actually horrible. You're not communicating with your kids and your wife or whatever, and you need to do something differently. Yes, yeah, I see this a lot. Um, My husband and I create a lot of wealth and then we were busy, we were busy working all the time, right? So I was busy raising kids and running a business and he was busy running a big business and and we grew apart, you know, and I wish I'd kn- I knew then what I know now because I've done a lot of self-development and, and learned a lot about how to be empathetic to other people, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> understand what they're going through, that it's not all about me. Anyway, and uh, anyway, the uh, it, we're, we're very good friends now and it's I, I consider him to be like a really great advisor to me when I, where I'm in business, I really trust him. And that's, that's 30, so years, nice. 30 years of oh, nice. actually. That is such a thing. I think that's really worth pointing out because to be able to have that kind of friendship and trust with somebody like, and to change the narrative about divorce is, is similar to changing the narrative about money. They're both relationship issues and we both go through the same things with with both of those areas. It's actually it's a beautiful story to hear that. Thank you. Yeah, we always say we should write a book on how to have a great divorce and uh, we just haven't gotten around to it, but I think it's really Too busy. <laughs> Uh, just these days but the um what I've noticed is um I've gone on the dating scene right so I'm meeting all these men in my age group um probably similar age group to you and there's all these guys that have built their their, what they thought was going to be their retirement nest egg right and they they then um but they weren't looking after the family and then the wife leaves you know and I see this a lot and I'm sure there's lots of variations on this model I get the wives, the wives show up and they say, oh my goodness, I've left my husband, I don't have anything anymore. And now I want to go out into the world and help people. Ah, well, (laughs) I get the men's story, which is, you know, I I had a home and I was set for life and my wife's taken 50 to 60% of it and and the kids. (laughs) And and now they've realized that they don't have the wealth and they don't have the kids and they don't have the wife anymore and they have to start over and there's usually a whole bunch of bitterness around that you know which they've got to get over before they can 
and, and they're at a later stage of their life and it's tough to start over, you know? And I think right. this is what we're seeing. So we also are going to see with this whole shift in the economy, a lot of people who have been displaced, you know, their companies have moved them home. Now all of a sudden their work environment's changed. They, if, if they were, if they were unhappy in their job before, now they've got a whole other level of, of challenge, right? And then we're going to have a whole bunch of people who lost their jobs or have had to retire early or lost their businesses, right? And people having to get into business for the first time ever thinking, I've, I've worked in a business so I know what business is and actually I don't have a clue what business is and I don't really know how to do business at all. Um, but I've got to because I don't have any option. I think there's going to be a lot of that. I mean, there's already a lot of that and there's going to be more and more of it. So the key questions I'd like to ask you with all of your experience and helping all of these people as you do, and you've been putting them through mainly online, right? Group, have you been, explain to us how you work. You've been- um, So all my stuff is online, but, but mm -hmm. it's not online on your own. Like I'm there. <laughs> so I tend to, what I've got, what I have now is an online course, which can take up to a year. It's like a year's program you can do if you want to, or you can do shorter versions of it. But I'm, I, we have a community and I'm there and answering questions. You know, I, I have time every week where I'm there to help people because I think that's very important, especially in an environment like today, that you're not on your own trying to figure it all out with a course like in your computer. You need human beings in a community and people to talk to and people to check in with. So we, we do it I, like that. I agree that um, I feel like at the moment, there's so much information online and people don't need more of that. What they need is they need implementation uh, support. They actually really need somebody to help guide them through it and adapt it for them, you know, to their unique, because what's going to come up for people as they're trying to create change in their life is, is uh, I don't see how this works for me or how does this apply to me and they need some framing yeah. around that right so okay. and i realized for me i love teaching and coaching actually more than anything else so i thought well that bit i'm going to continue to do in my business because it's that's where i'm absolutely in in my own zone so to speak so uh, yeah it's and i think it's very necessary at the moment so okay so knowing what you know now having been on this journey for a decade or so uh, and helping all the people that you are helping. Let's start with what what are, what are you seeing people are feeling right now? Because I'm finding that people are either, in my world, they're either just going, wow, we've never made so much money. We just can't get online fast enough, right? Because I work with a lot of internet marketers and they're like, our costs have gone down. Now we're global. This is incredible. But but they're trying to adjust their businesses really quickly. And that's that's challenging. Hiring new people, setting up new systems or or there's other people who've had to really transition their lives because they uh, everything shifted, you know, in one way or another. There must be a lot of people that are feeling really confused right now and not knowing which way to go forward. Do you see that? Yeah, I think a lot of people feel confused between there's a sort of swinging backwards and forwards. On the one hand, getting caught up in the narrative of what's going on at the moment and um, it's a very compelling, absorbing kind of narrative. You know, what's the latest update on COVID and where are we going and everything that goes with that. And it's so easy to get caught up in that. And then what happens is like, so what do I do with my business and what are the most important things moving forward? And the stuff that I used to do doesn't work anymore. And I don't really know how to do it a different way. And then in, in those moments of doubt, it's easy to get sucked into, well, there's all this stuff going on in the world. So I'll just get absorbed in that for a little while, which doesn't do anything for anybody really. 
So I, th I, I think that we need to be, I think we need to get very, very clear about our own values and what we stand for and what, like, it's like, what do I want to create in the world? What do I want to contribute to the world that's of genuine value? It's not my chance to grab some money. You know, those marketing days, they don't make people happy. So it's not about that. It's like, how can I really contribute something that's meaningful to me, that's meaningful to other people and that will result in us creating this exchange, which is what money does, and, and is something that I would be happy and proud to grow over 5, 10, 15, 20 years. I think if we ask really fundamental questions like that, we can get onto a good foundation. And you can ask that, you might already have a really established business. I'm seeing people who are just over it with their safe, established business because they've realized that it doesn't have enough meaning for them then that they really like there's just this drive for something that actually makes more difference and that addresses some of the issues that we're facing and i think that's also a very challenging one because um, they don't know whether to abandon what they've got which is crazy or how to transition into doing something that feels more meaningful has has, has more value to them so i at, at every level i think that we are asking questions about what's really important and valuable in my life that I can contribute that's going to take care of me as well. We have to ask some very wise questions. That was beautifully put. Thank you, Sarah. And it actually, it mirrors what I teach people, which is, um, I always say to them, what are the big life goals that you have? We need a real driving mission and vision for you personally. Yeah. Before we start any big, before we start a business or write a book or, you know, if they come to me at the beginning of the process and I have an opportunity to, to really say, well, what are we building here? You know, something that's going to keep you motivated and drive you and fire you, you know, for the, over the ups and the downs and the economic pullbacks and, uh, yes. and the exhaustion and the, um, because even when you're doing what you love, it can completely drain you, right? If you don't manage. Absolutely. And, and there has to be something that like we do. Yeah. yeah. When we're working with people like we do, we have to be super careful that we don't end up getting caught up in everyone else's drama and lives and they yeah. suck all the life out of us, right? Yeah. And, and there has to be something that makes it worth coming back every single day, especially when you don't want to. Yeah, but I love that. So basically your underlying philosophy is you're healing everything, their relationship with themselves, your, uh, their relationship with anything that's causing them conflict. And it starts with money, I'm sure, but then it usually is, is linked with everything else, right? Yeah, it's amazing. People sometimes say to me, Sarah, you're not, this work isn't really about, just about money at all, is it? It's like, it's not that I've cheated them. It's just like, there's so much more going on. And that's what, that's what I find really beautiful. We've had a few people recently with teenagers in really deep despair and to see those, to, you know, to work with them and see the teenagers make that shift. And I'm not working on teenage depression, we're actually working on all the same stuff, but to help parents just make these little shifts in the way they feel and the way they relate with their teenagers and the teenagers start to kind of come alive again. That's part of it. That's part of the, I talk about the game changers journey um, rather than the entrepreneur's journey because I'm, I mostly work with people who are really very motivated to make a difference. And depressed teenagers or 
depressed yourself or those are part of the game changers journey and if we think that that's separate from our business we're missing the point it's absolutely at the heart of our relationship with money and life and business all of it and so i see and, and it's really at part of the impact you want to make it's through these experiences that you get to become a real game changer somebody who actually makes a difference both to yourself and to other people's lives if you don't face those challenges in your own life or you shut off from them which is what many people want to do it's like i'm too busy for that you will actually it's like they're your batman training that's where that's where it all happens and people miss the point so um for me, yeah, money's the door that opens really to this game changers journey, which is how to make money doing what you love and, and make a difference, you know, ex experience really meaningful life. I love that. It's actually really beautiful. So, um, and when you have this, like, so, cause money is, it's one of those things that causes people such terrible anxiety. And then it can also, you know, turn into violence and, and, Oh, you know, people can be really rude to each other around it in relationships and it can cause a lot of conflict. There's, it's one of those things that's such a highly charged topic and can be so wounding in people's lives, right? So it's great that you've taken it head on and you're helping people. Now, I think um, that's the most important thing. I just want to say one thing on that is that if you understand that money is connected with love, that's the only way I've ever found that actually dissolves the conflict and the, the, the pain that people inflict on each other around money. All of that comes from having a misunderstanding of what money actually is, in my view. And when we, when we can connect with money in a way that is aligned with the truth about money, then we don't need to, we, we just don't need to behave like that. It does actually start to heal the underlying conflict that causes and the pain that causes people to do the most crazy, appalling things to each other in the name of money. You know, with everything that's been going on, there's been quite a lot of people losing members of their family, you know, and then you've got these estate splits, right? So uh, I've been seeing this a lot played out in where um, the parents have passed away and now the money has to be split between the children and and these are people that are family, you know, and all this terrible behavior comes out. But people get into this really broken down psychological state when they're in money crisis. You know, I've been there myself. The big breakthrough for me, I remember, was um, I was really, really depressed, you know, feeling quite, you know, is worth life worth living. And I hadn't even gone bankrupt. And uh, I remember I was kind of looking, clean, packing up my office because I was selling my house to, to you know, get it downsized and I saw a book in my bookcase that was called Affluencia by an, an English psychologist about the the condition that a lot of Westerners have you know where we're, we're t attaching and basically I, I had this huge breakthrough I was like oh I see where I went wrong I attached my self-worth to my net worth yeah there's nothing wrong with me and actually nobody knew how much money I had anyway it was probably nobody cared that much either <laughs> As it turns out, as it turns out, it was a really good clean out. All the people I didn't want in my life went away and the real friends stood by me. Right. So, but it was a very interesting thing that I think we do in our society is we start, we, we can get caught up in this, like trying to impress the wrong people, you know, and that's a never fulfilling cycle. Like when you start trying to own assets and, you know, trying to own pretty things to impress other people, 
you'll never when, when you lose touch with you lose touch with yourself mm. to me that's not that's not a price worth paying i would say that you know the biggest challenge in a way for my life i want to have a rich experience of life which is what's rich to me a lot of that is about simplicity it's not actually about having a lot but it's about simple things and being in nature and just what i enjoy and having a relationship with my husband simple simple stuff it doesn't it doesn't take a lot but it takes a lot i mean it it there's so much to it and it's not easy to do that in a business environment which is like work 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 you know i can get caught up in just work 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 and then it's like well i love working but there's other things as well and so how do we how do we do all of that there are so many things i i think to ask yourself what's a rich life what really i love this question it's my favorite question at the moment what's a really rich life for you i think that will bring some very very good answers and that money will be a part of it and it's a crucial part of it but it's just a part and for uh, for me i found that it really wasn't as important at all as you know that's the thing once you've achieved it and you can let that go if you get to that for me anyway it was a process of evolution it was like okay i've achieved it i'm okay to let it go i'm still really fascinated by the topic you know I've, i'm I'm creating a whole course on, you know, how to make millions because I'm fascinated by the topic, but um, but it's not required to make me happy anymore. And like you, I need very little. I, I don't, I just don't have a desire for any, all that stuff anymore because it's all just clutter in my life. I like that I'm now down to a laptop and a suitcase and I can go anywhere, work anywhere, right? And a tractor. I, I now need a tractor because I have a farm. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, you have a farm right now, but... Um, it's, it's it's a phase, you know, it's a, it's a, a nice, and, and that's, enjoy, you're enjoying that. You're enjoying that experience. Well, I, I've done it I want, yeah. yeah, I wanted to learn about ecosystems and how that applies to money, because I find that fascinating, what we can learn from nature to bring into money and economy and business and things like that. I think there's a lot for us to learn there. So I'm, I'm actually totally intrigued at the moment by all of this, really enjoying it, because uh, I'm learning from a, a new angle. So that's part of your rich life. And um, one of the things that I, I say to people they can do is um, if they're not sure, that the, I find that it's really, really difficult. Like I remember when my husband and I, we did a float, we floated our company. We suddenly, we went from all, everything we made went into the business to, and living on a really, really tight budget to suddenly having extraordinary wealth and a whole new set of problems. Like no, no training for, all the people that started knocking on the door asking us for loans and all the new, you know, pressures on us to live in a bigger house and a better neighborhood and put our kids in better schools and all this stuff that we hadn't had to think about before, right? And um, and I remember thinking, okay, so now I can have anything I want, but what do I want? And I think, you know, we, we get trained out uh, at a young age, you know, when, when kids are little, uh, you know, we'll say to them, so, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they go, you know, brain surgeon, firefighter. And we go, yay. And then they get into school and they start getting a bit older. And we all start saying, you know, be realistic, you know, just pick a, a real job. You know, you should be a, you should be this or that. And we start crushing their dreams. Don't you think like it's a part of our oh, system? Yeah. And then Absolutely. people completely lose touch with who they wanted to be. And it, it's a process of, of, of self of self-awareness like like you take them through where they 
they go back to, and I say, start with writing down 20 things you love to do. And you might be surprised. They might not need any money, right? It could just yeah. be hanging out with your kids. It could just be. Uh, so often people say they want, they already have. That's what I notice. They say, oh, there's this thing I really, really want. And they, and that's something that they already have and they don't, they're not noticing it. And then when they notice it, it's like, ah, okay. I've already got that. And you start to notice that life's working better than you thought it was already. That's a much better basis. Recognizing that is a much better basis to be able to create more of what you want than thinking you don't have what you already have. And like having time with kids, for example, anybody can easily um, have, have a bit of time with their kids. Like the kids are there. It's, th these things are really possible. We just make them impossible in our minds. One of the most fun things I ever did was um, I was really busy and uh, creating wealth, you know, it wasn't like I needed to, but I was on this, I was trading the stock market and it was very addictive and, uh, and I forgot to get the kids something for the Christmas stockings when they were little and I, I printed up some coupons so that they could have 15 minutes of uninterrupted time with mommy and I stuck it in the stockings and my kids loved those. It was such a simple thing but for the rest of the year my son would produce these coupons and say oh. 15 minutes on the trampoline mom and I'd have to stop whatever I was doing and it brought him such joy right you know little things it doesn't have to be expensive and um anyway but the I think the big thing that we can that we can give to people is to say like you, I agree with you so many when I start working with customers and your clients you know and I say well uh, and I hear this from dating coaches and stuff too. It's like you said, well, what do you want? And they start telling you everything they don't want. Yeah. I think people have a lot of trouble getting clear on what they actually want so they can start creating a path to get there. Do you find that too? Oh yeah. And a lot of my work is about that. Um, it, I, I have this, I talk about beautiful requests, which is when it's something that you want that really lights you up. That light up moment is what makes it a beautiful request. Not just like, well, I really ought to want to do this or achieve that but this is what I would absolutely love and I I to me to get clear about those things in a way it's just like your soul's desire this is just what I would love to experience in my life that has such power with the energy of money that's really what I learned the essence of what I learned from my book is you can have whatever you want but you need to understand how it works and it's usually what you really want are the things that light you up it's not it's not the things that other people say you ought to want. It's not what society projects. It's what lights you up as a human being. It lights up your soul. It delights you. That has so much power with the energy of money. And of course, brings you joy, which gives you more, you know, gives you more empathy. Exactly. And oh, thank yeah. you. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you. Now, we have a program that people can uh, get started with you. What, what's the what do you recommend for people who are just wanting to start their journey uh, to, to work with you or work on their own mindset and relationship? So I have a program which is called Thank You Money. Um, and it's a program, it's actually, it's a one year program, but you can do it in parts. So you could do just part one, which is four months. So you can, you can take a small bit bite. There are a lot of people at the moment who actually want to do something and go deeper. They've already done quite a bit already. They just want to do the, the whole year. I want to turn my whole thing around. And it's exactly what I described earlier. It's online learning. The essence is online, but then I'm there. I have community sessions every week and I have a Q&A session every month. So I'm very present in it to help people. And it is literally 
to transform your relationship with money, what it also there's a couple of other things that I think are really significant. In the second month, you learn about something that I call working light. For people who work too hard, working light is a revelation. It's actually a way of relaxing that you do at the beginning of the day. And people, some people say they get three hours a day of additional productivity by working light. And it makes you feel good at the same time. So you learn that, you learn a lot about your energy, also how to resolve the relationship problems that often get in the way of business. Because if we have a lot of relationship problems, we usually sabotage ourselves in business. So it's very important to learn how to deal with the self-sabotage. And I think that's probably one of my um, special, my, my, my special uh, abilities is to help people with extreme self-sabotage because I've experienced so much of it myself and I had to find the right tools for that. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, thank you. So if anybody wants to take up, uh, find out more about Sarah's programs, um, did you say you had a meditation for them as well that, that would help um, when we were planning our interview? So what, what I mentioned when we were planning, um, but I, I can actually do both of these. So I have something called the money scorecard, which people really like to do. It's like a 40 questions that gives you a self-assessment of your relationship with money. But what I'll do, Sydney, since you've mentioned a meditation, I will package in with that so when you complete the scorecard i will send you what i call an activation an energy activation which is a kind of meditation for a new relationship with money and i think that that will go really nicely with everything that we've talked about oh, that's lovely so if you're listening to this on the podcast you'll have to go to millionairesacademy.com forward slash sarah to get your uh your gifts and then um and find out about her programs and if you're watching it, then the links should be here on the screen. So Sarah, thank you so much. I've enjoyed it in talking to you. I could talk to you all day. <laughs> yeah, likewise. It's fascinating. It's, it's beautiful to hear the stories, the real stories of real people and what actually happens in this uh, business journey. So I've really appreciated it. So, all right, well, thanks everybody for listening and uh, we'll see you soon. Hi, this is Sydney, and thanks for listening to the show today. If you liked today's episode, please let us know. Hit the subscribe button so you can get updates on our new episodes. Leave us a comment or review. We love all of your feedback. Share the show with your friends, and most importantly, come introduce yourself at our free online community at millionairestraining.org.